Hey everybody, welcome to the X Report. I'm Raven X and it's just me today on my birthday. Um, Ethan will be joining us another week and so it's gonna be a relatively short show this week. I'm going to try to find homes for some of the top remaining NFL free agents and then we're gonna close this bad boy out with my Hell in a Cell prediction. But before we get to any of that, please be sure to check out the xreport.net. I repeat the xreport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Three episodes of our lovely podcast, our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. So kicking things off with the NFL, we're going to start with the player who I feel is the best free agent available, and that is wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. As you all should know by now, I am a Baltimore fan, and though we are wide receiver needy, and I would love to see um, Mr. Beckham back in the purple, well, back wearing purple, you know, LSU, which is also the squad. Um, Realistically, I just think that he and the Los Angeles Rams are going to find a way to make this contract thing work, and he's going to head back to L.A., and then when he comes back, I mean, they arguably will have the best trio of wideouts in the league. Um, Moving on to another accomplished wide receiver, Julio Jones. I know that last season between injuries and just kind of being inefficient in Tennessee, people may think he's lost his step. And honestly, I don't totally dispute that. However, I feel like in the right situation, he could be a really good big contributor. And I think that right situation would be Baltimore. They Baltimore has a very young wide receiver group. Rashad Bateman is looking like he's going to be the guy, which is great. But you can never um, have an – it never hurts to have an insurance policy in a future Hall of Famer a la Julio Jones. All right, next up, offensive tackle Dwayne Brown. Now, honestly, I'm surprised he's still available. Um, I'm sure teams may have questions about his age. I believe he's like 38, 39, one of the two. But even still, I mean, he's still playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level. He made the Pro Bowl last season as a member of the Seattle Seahawks. So I think that a team that could really use him are the Indianapolis Colts after the retirement of Anthony Costanzo. They still are kind of looking for answers at that left tackle position. And I think that they could really get that in Dwayne Brown, even if it is just for a year or two. Uh, next up, moving on the defensive side of the ball, let's talk Indomitian Sue. After the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed Akeem Hicks, it all but closed the door on a reunion between Sue and the Bucks. So I have him t- moving to the AFC, but maybe not to the team you guys would think. I'm going the Pittsburgh Steelers. After the retirement of Stephon Tewitt this week, they definitely need to add another presence to their defensive line. While we know Cam Hayward is a great uh, defensive tackle, it never hurts to add a little bit more beef to that line, and I think that he would be a perfect fix. I mean, come on, when you look at um, when you look at him, don't you don't you just see Steeler and Indomitian Sue? I know I do. Uh, moving on to Landon Collins, who one may question if he's a safety, one may question if he's a linebacker. Arguments can be made for both sides, but in this case, I'll look at him more as a safety who can come down in the box, which is what I believe he does best. And in that case, I think that the Houston Texans will be a great fit for him. They spent a lot of resources this offseason on improving their secondary um, from drafting my main man, Derek Singley, out of LSU with the third overall pick, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor, and other free agents that they've looked at. I think that it's safe to say that they could always use a bit more of a veteran presence on the back end, and Landon Collins can do that for them. Also, with his ability to be a really good run stopper when he plays in the box, I think that he could eventually uh, be a menace in that area and possibly even make the turn to officially be a linebacker. And then finally, I have cornerback Joe Hayden, another veteran who's kind of dealt with his fair share of injury concerns. But when he's played, he's been pretty solid, which is why I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will be in a really good position to bring him back. Um, I 
looking at the Steelers, I like a lot of the things that they've done with their roster. I think they've really upgraded um, in a lot of areas offensively, defensively. I think that they've kind of chosen to stand pat, but their linebackers, I think, are definitely going to be better. But when you look at that secondary and their cornerbacks, you don't really know what you're getting. Um, and I think that in having Joe Hayden, though he wasn't amazing while he was a Steeler, he was pretty solid. And I think that in today's NFL, especially with the other free agent cornerbacks available, I think you kind of got to take what you can get. But all right, those are my homes for NFL free agents. Hopefully, I'll go six for six. Or, you know, if Odell wants to shock me and come to Baltimore, your girl will not be mad about that. Speaking of things I'm not mad about, let's go ahead and talk Hell in a Cell, which is taking place this Sunday. But more importantly, I'll be in Memphis for it, which I can't wait to go back home. But starting things off, we have Bobby Lashley versus almost an MVP in a handicap match. On the one hand, I'm just ready for this feud to be over. Um... I just think that there are better ways that Bobby Lashley could be used. But then again, I don't know what else almost an MVP could be doing after this feud. Like, who else are you going to have beef with? Unless you're just going to have almost kind of go on that dominant tear. And so that's kind of like the what's making it hard to kind of predict this. When push comes up, I think I'm going to end up going Bobby Lashley. Um, I think that, as I mentioned, I mean, Bobby Lashley could be doing way more important things than just feuding with almost and kind of something that's honestly pointless at this point. Um, and sure, the MVP element makes it kind of cool, but I mean, I just think they need to just go ahead and squash this, move on, and allow these people to get in better storylines. Uh, next up, the United States Championship Airs Theory, which once again, it's very hard for me not to call him Austin Theory, versus Mustafa Ali. As much as I like Mustafa, and I think it'd be a really cool, like, not necessarily redemption story, but nice, you know, return to WWE, becoming United States champion. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Theory is still clearly Vince McMahon's boy, and rightfully so. I mean, he has a lot of potential. And so because of that, I think that he's going to end up retaining. Next up, Judgment Day, my favorite faction on Raw, because the bloodline is still technically SmackDown, so I can say that without, you know, without, you know, pissing off everybody at the table. Uh, but yeah, Judgment Day, uh, participating in a six-man tag match versus Liv Morgan, Finn Balor, and AJ Styles. Liv got the win over Rhea last week, and it seemed like the faces got the uh, upper hand this past week of Raw. That's great. That's cute. But you know I'm all Judgment Day out. I mean, I think that this trio has potential to really – do some amazing things and can really create some terrific storylines and feuds moving on in the future. Knock on wood, eventually Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, but you know, I'll, I'll be patient for that. Um, but yeah, I just don't think it really would make sense to have them lose right now because I mean, they're actually together. They actually have a purpose beyond this match. Whereas we, we live Finn and AJ, it's kind of just like, they're just there because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I just think that with Judgment Day, it's such a better storytelling element because they're like, we took down these guys, who's next? So I think that just makes the most sense. I wish it was in a Hell in a Cell match because, I mean, it's called Hell in a Cell and there's only one Hell in a Cell match. Come on, WWE, we got to be better about that. All right, moving on to another interesting feud, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. I hate to say it because I, I think Ezekiel's going to win. But I love Kevin Owens. I love Kevin Owens so much. And so it's one of those things where, like I hate when he loses, but it makes sense when he loses because it's like, yeah, he took the L, but who cares? And I think that's really the case here. I mean, I think that to kind of push the whole 
Ezekiel's not Elias, then you kind of have to have him win here. I don't really know where it can go from here unless they want to like raise the stakes and have a um have like a stipulated stipulation match and money in the bank, something along those lines. But for comedic value, I think that this will be probably one of the more entertaining matches on the card. But I still got Ezekiel taking the win. All right, now to the only Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell because you know that makes sense. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Even though in my heart of hearts I feel like Cody's gonna win, I'm gonna pick Seth Rollins. Cody won the first two matches between the two, and of course they were great matches. But I just think, you know, those are just straight up matches, like one-on-one. Seth can get a little vindictive. Seth can get a little bit crazy. And who wants to see Seth Rollins go 3-0 and to Cody Rhodes? Like, I understand Cody Rhodes is like the shiny new toy, and everybody's like, yeah, Cody. But, I mean, Seth Rollins has been the consummate pro, consistent. Everybody knows he's one of the best in the business, regardless of what company you're working for. So I think Seth is able to pull out at least one victory before both parties move on and then finally the raw women's championships will be oh gosh the raw women's championship will be defended in a triple threat by my girl bianca belair who will be defending her title against oscar and becky lynch of course i have bianca belair retaining don't get me wrong i really enjoyed oscar being back oscar is amazing oscar is great and honestly becky lynch's last title run was not the worst thing i'd ever seen i just hate how she got it as you all know but with that being said, I just think that it's Bianca Belair's time. It wouldn't make sense to take the belt off of her right now, especially because you're really trying to reestablish her as like that dominant force, that great face of the female face of the brand. Because, you know, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Um, and so, yeah. And plus, if that happens and y'all take the belt off of her, I'm not going to get Rhea versus Bianca at SummerSlam. And why would y'all take that away from me? It's my birthday. But that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please be sure to check out theXReport.net. I repeat, XReport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow XReport writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel inside of the XReport. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.